This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. Today's topic has been requested quite a few times, but only recently have I realized how much we need to talk about it. And that is the topic of being a bridesmaid. I've been warned that in a few years, the deluge will start. I'll be asked to be in tons of weddings. All of my friends will get engaged. And I've actually already been asked to be in one wedding this summer, and I had no idea what it entailed. Don't get me wrong. It's one of my best friends in the world who's getting married. I adore her. I'm so happy for her. And so far, I've had it pretty easy. But I've heard horror stories from friends or from personal essays online, so I figured we should talk all about the bridesmaid duties today, especially how to keep the cost down and how to handle bridezilla. Joining me today are two experts on the topic. In the studio, we have Jen Glantz. She's an author, public speaker, and professional bridesmaid. We're going to talk about what that means. She's based in New York City and the founder of Bridesmaid for Hire, a business started in 2014 from a viral Craigslist ad. And she also has a new book coming out in 2017, Always a Bridesmaid for Hire. That will be by Simon & Schuster. And Skyping in with us today, we have Michelle Kennedy. She's a writer and adjunct professor in San Francisco, a world traveler and former journalist. Kennedy also acts, hosts, and consults. And she has been a bridesmaid in 11 weddings. And you can find her writing at mkennedywriter.com. So welcome, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here and welcome, Jen. Hi, thanks for having me too. So like I said before when we were talking, I know that Jen here is the quote-unquote professional bridesmaid, but Michelle, being in 11 weddings puts you right up there with the pros. I mean, I cannot imagine that. I guess I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah, it is a lot of, it is a lot of weddings and it's, you know, they're all, they all have similarities, but when I think about it, they all have differences as well. So yes, I do have quite a bit of experience. So for comparison, only because, like we said, this is your full-time job, Jen, how many weddings have you been in? So as a professional bridesmaid and as a bridesmaid for my friends, I have walked down the aisle close to 25 times, and oh I have worked with over 40 brides in total last year. Wow, that's unbelievable. So first I want to start with Jen, just because I think we all want to clarify what exactly it means to be a professional bridesmaid. I know Michelle and I are very curious. Sure. So... When you say you're a professional bridesmaid, can you kind of give us like the pitch for what your business is, what that means, and what's this viral Craigslist ad that started it all? Definitely. So I was asked to be a bridesmaid so many times by my friends in my early 20s. And two years ago, there was one day in particular where two of my friends asked me to be a bridesmaid. And my roommate said to me, I think that you're a professional bridesmaid. And this, like the light bulbs just went off in my head. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm pretty good at this. Let me see if I could turn this into a business for strangers. So I have no business experience. I'm a poetry major. I'm a writer. So I figured, you know what? I would write an ad for Craigslist offering my services as a bridesmaid for strangers and see what happens. Uh, Two days later, the ad went viral. I received hundreds of emails from brides 
all over the country. And within a week, I started my company, Bridesmaid for Hire. So a bride will I know you said that sometimes you consult, meaning they just kind of hire you as like, like you said, their personal therapist. They'll just call you, ask you advice and things like that. But when a stranger calls you to be in her wedding, like, what does that mean? Does that not to be mean, but does that mean she has no friends to walk down the aisle with her? Does that mean she just wants a professional to walk down the aisle? Like, what is what does that look like? That's such a common question. And at first I was wondering, you know, who would be the type of person to hire me as a bridesmaid? And after doing it for almost two years, I've learned that there are two major reasons why someone would hire a professional bridesmaid to walk down the aisle for them. The first is, of course, that they don't have many close friends. And while it seems sad at first, you kind of can't blame them. I think we all get to a certain point in our lives where our friends are busy. Our friends have children now. Our friends have these crazy full-time jobs where they can't be there for us like we want them to or they don't know how to be there for us. Uh, On the other side, I do work with brides who already have six or eight bridesmaids and are looking for a professional person to come in to rally up the other bridesmaids, do a lot of the dirty work for them, and just be a professional on the ground for the day to help them out and stand by their side. Have you ever been asked to be a maid of honor? I have been a maid of honor. I have done speeches for brides, and I've also (laughs) done parts of ceremonies for brides, reading poems during it and really uh, taking on a huge role for the bride during their wedding. So the nice thing about this is when you're hired, you're obviously paid. Yes. So that is way different than being an actual bridesmaid for your friends. On this flip side, I do get paid a salary to be a bridesmaid for them. And they also cover the cost of my bridesmaid dress. So it makes wearing that ugly dress a little bit easier. Very nice. So Michelle, so obviously you've never been paid to be a bride. I assume you've never been paid to be a bridesmaid, right? No. (laughs) So you've been a bridesmaid, like we said, 11 times. So, I mean, was it 11 times in one in the course of like two years? Has it been over the course of, you know, five years? I mean, how did it add up so quickly? I think it was probably closer to over the course of probably about 12 years. Oh, okay. More concentrated in different areas. You know, sometimes I'd have a little bit of a lull and then sometimes I would have a couple in one summer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was really stretched out. And it started when I was really young. I think the first one I was in was a, a boyfriend's sister. And I think I was only 20 or 21. Oh, wow. Yeah. So of course, then I knew nothing. And then I think the last one I was in was probably about, I don't know, a few years ago. So in the course of 12 years, like weddings have have changed even a lot even in the last couple of years, I mean, now like there's these destination bachelorette parties and <laughs> there's just like 85 billion showers and like there's a gift for every little thing and yada, yada, yada. So what do let's talk about money. Like, let's just get right into it. What did you do when you were 21, fresh out of college or still in college, I guess, to to kind of start cutting costs and make sure that these didn't add up totally? That's a really great question. And I think I, early on, I did the best that I could as far as, as paying for it. And I, I remember the earlier weddings were not as extensive or expensive. And I think the, the bulk of them were after I got out of college and I was working and I had money to pay for it. But even if you do have a great job and you have money to pay for it, um, you know, in, in the one article I wrote, always a bridesmaid 11 times you know, on average, I find it costs me around $1,800 total <gasps> with the dress, with the presents. Uh, it depends how much you're involved with planning the shower, maybe the really handling it. And there's, a, you know, money that she's putting into it or the family 
or she could delegate and tell all the bridesmaids, let's split the cost on this. So that kind of depends. And then the, you know, of course the bachelorette party, I'd say that's probably where it gets the most expensive. And I live in California, so it's very common here for bridesmaids to plan a bachelorette party in Vegas. Yeah, that's what I, that's I think what my friend is doing and I was like, "Um, what about New York?" <laughs> I was like, "What about upper, you know, upper east side down the block from me?" Yes. Where you could go for your bachelorette party. I know a great bar. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it. so fun to go there and dance and do, you can do a million things, get the limousine, go to a great strip show, like there's so many things to do depending on what you enjoy. So it's fun, but it's very expensive, very the hotel. So that's what really gets you. If they have a little fun one night bachelorette party in the town you're at, it can make a huge difference. So, but what did you like? So you don't really, from what I understand, like I said, I've never been a bridesmaid. This is my first time, but you don't really get a choice. Like if the bridesmaid is like, do you like these dresses? And they're $300 and super ugly. You correct. You have to say yes. Correct. Well, it, kind of, it reminds me of that scene from Bridesmaids. Where, yeah, exactly. Where she's trying to get everybody to decide on the less expensive dress, which was still really expensive. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you can put your two cents in, but overall you don't have a choice. I don't know. Jen, what do you think? I'd have to say that I do disagree. I mean, for myself personally, when I was a bridesmaid at such a young age, I said yes to everything. And I had to beg family and friends for loans to pay for being a bridesmaid. I mean, it was just crazy expensive. But as the years went on, I started to learn the ultimate secret of being a bridesmaid on a budget, which is say no. And if you cannot afford something, do not feel bad about not going to it. If you can't afford to go to a bachelor party and pay for a bottle service, don't feel bad. Let the bride know that unfortunately it's not in your budget and take her out for a wonderful night on the town. And that in the end should mean just as much than dropping 1500 on a weekend in Vegas. And same with the dress. I mean, if she's picking out a $350 dress, not only are you paying for the dress, but then you're paying for alterations, which could even be another $100. And if you cannot afford that, it's super important to speak up early in the process and, and find ways to make the dress affordable, whether it's you're renting it or you're wearing something you already have or you're finding a way to sell the dress afterward to make some money back. So I've made the mistake of spending close to 2000 on weddings before too, but over time I've learned to stick to a budget of under $500 for every wedding that I'm part of, and that includes gifts and travel also, because if not, you're spending all of your disposable income on being a bridesmaid for your friends, and after a while you go broke. That I, I have zero... I am a doormat, and I never say no to anything. Oh, and you I have say, to. <laughs> I say yes to everything, and they're like, oh, how about this $600 dress? And I'm like, it's your special day. You have to because— <laughs> I can't—I just, like—I guess to me, and I think that every a lot of people feel this way, is it's like, it's the bride's special day, and when my special day comes, like, they'll don the yellow $1,500 dress for me and, like, blah, you know, whatever. So I think that people are hesitant in that way because they're like, well, what if my wedding comes around and I do end up wanting to go to Vegas or I do want the, you know, $300 dress or something like that. And, and then, I do agree with that. But I do think that it's gotten so out of hand oh, totally. that everyone is one upping everyone else. So by the time it's your special day, you're kind of like, I don't want people to spend all this money on yeah, me. Yeah, you remember how you felt. Yeah. And I think that since we're all one upping each other and it's just gotten so out of hand that if we don't say no, then we're going to end up going in debt because we're a bridesmaid, you know, 10 times before we're 35. And it's just I think saying no is something super tricky to do. But if you do it early on and you do it the second you feel as though you can't afford something or don't 
don't want to do something, it makes it a whole lot easier than waiting for the night before to be like, ah, can't afford it, don't want to go to the bachelorette party. Or maybe it's not even no as much as like, oh, you want a navy blue dress. Like, these are really pretty from like Macy's or something like, like just like, Definitely. oh, I saw these that are really pretty. I guess it also depends how close you are with the bride. Too. I just think it's the point is don't be scared of the bride. Everyone gets super scared. They're like, oh, she's my friend, but now she's the bride and I can't talk to her like I would a best friend. But if your best friend was like, hey, go buy that dress and wear it on Friday night when we go out, you'd be like, oh, no way. You know, let's go to the clearance rack instead. So it's just level setting and remembering just because she's a bride doesn't mean that you don't have you have to be so agreeable with her. I mean, that's really good advice. I have, I'll have to grow my own backbone before. Just practicing <laughs> no in the mirror. Yeah. So, Michelle, I have to, you brought up bridesmaids, but the, the movie I always think about when people bring up bridesmaids, not the movie, the action, is 27 Dresses. So I want to know. So, Jen, you're doing this a lot for hire, so you probably don't have the same thing. But, Michelle, do you have a, a closet in your home of, like, 11 bridesmaid dresses? I don't. I actually oh, do not have. <laughs> I don't have one left. So what I did you do with them? I've given some away, donated some, and then actually one from the last wedding. I was in my friend Laura's wedding, and the dress was really beautiful—a very, very sexy long black dress—and I gave it to my little sister, who might end up wearing it to her prom. I don't oh, know if my cool. mom needs to alter it or. What? But she did try it on and it looked really beautiful on her. So that might get reused. So have you heard from brides the the age old line of and the great thing about this dress is you can totally shorten it and wear it again. Yes. Yes. I definitely. I, I of course. So you, know, you have yet to do that. Most of the time I don't wear it again. My friend Becky, I was in her wedding. That was a brown shorter dress. That was pretty. I did wear that one more time. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I really haven't worn them as much, but I wanted to piggyback off of what Jen was saying earlier. Yeah. And I just think that's really good advice about putting, you know, putting your foot down and, and setting boundaries when you can't afford to be in a wedding. I thought that was really poignant. And I think that have you ever have you ever been, been able to do that or just you know like the thing is version? with me is that I always was able to pay for them. Mm-hmm. If I didn't though, I think I would have been like you said, nervous about saying no to a friend. But I did have a friend very recently that told me she just got out of being one of her good friend's weddings and she had to say no because of the cost. And I think that that's, you know, if you have to say no, you have to say no. And I also liked what Jen was saying about don't be afraid of the bride because we have all dealt with bridezilla. And sometimes friends do become, you know, there's this line they keep saying, it's my special day. And it's true, but if you can't afford the stuff, you can't afford the stuff. So you do have to set boundaries and say, hey, friend, I love you, but... I can't do this. Again, I've never been in that pickle before. I've always been able to, you know, pay for it and felt good about it. But if I absolutely couldn't, then, and I had to have said no, I would have, but it would have been hard. So you brought up a key word that I want to talk about, which is we have to talk about Bridezilla. But first, (laughs) we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, Squarespace. So something I've learned as I've started entering this bridesmaid world is a lot of the calm, organized, non-Bridezilla brides actually have a wedding website. This is a place where you can find information about the venue, information about activities for the weekend, photos of the couple, things about the registry, and these gorgeous websites are often built on Squarespace. Now, I don't have friends that know how to code. My friend that's getting married in August certainly doesn't know how to code, but the good thing about Squarespace is you don't need to. 
Their sites look professional regardless of your skill level. There's no HTML coding required. Their tools are super easy to use, and if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain. You can start your free trial site today, whether you're getting married or not, at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code REALSIMPLE to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. And we're back with Jen and Michelle, two professional pro bridesmaids. And before the break, Michelle, you brought up dealing with bridezilla. So that's something I want to talk about. Have you, you know, you've done all of your 11 weddings have been with friends, have been with people close to you. Have any of your friends transformed? You don't have to drop names, but have any of your friends transformed (laughs) into a bridezilla? Yes, definitely. And what did that look like? There was definitely some tension. I remember uh, in one of the weddings, there was some confusion about when everybody got to the particular town where the wedding was, kind of where everybody would stay, and there wasn't enough room at the different houses associated with the wedding. So different hotel rooms needed to be involved, but the hotels in the area were really expensive. And I remember getting there just assuming that I would stay in one of the houses, and that wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. And so I was mad because the hotel room was about $300. Mm -hmm. And so I remember that was a really awkward conversation, and we ended up figuring it out. I think I slept on the floor or something um, of the house. I, I think I got my way, and I didn't have to stay in the hotel. But yeah, it's just really hard because I think we see these movies in the 27 Dresses, and we see... The, the, you know, I, I don't know if you guys watch Girls, but the, the opening show of the season was about one of the girls getting married and she's a great bridezilla. And so it's somewhere I think sometimes, and Jen, I'm sure you can speak to this, people think that they get permission to do that and to be like that. And I just, I don't get that. Why change and become a different person and become kind of mean? But I feel like, yeah, they think, well, that's what, that's what brides do or we can do that. I don't know. But you haven't lost or like you have none of your friendships changed for the long term from any weddings that you were in. No, it was never that bad. Well, that's good, at least. Yeah. So, Jen, when you're working with someone professionally as a what what happens when you're a professional who kind of has to work for a bridezilla who doesn't really have the choice to like pull the friendship card. It's just like you're paid to be there and you got to put up with it. You know, I've had the pleasure of working with some extreme bridezillas and I have to tell (laughs) you. I didn't know what you were going to say when you said (laughs) the pleasure with. I was like, oh, (laughs) I have to tell you that I cannot blame them for acting like that because weddings and weddings today, they they put so much pressure on people and there's such an emotional, you know, drama that follows weddings and it just makes people go crazy. And even if you are the most sane person in the world, when you put on that bride hat, you go a little bit bridezilla and I can't say that I blame you because you're you're working toward planning this perfect day that you think has to have all of the bells and whistles. You don't want anything to fall apart, yet every day it feels like something is falling apart and you fall apart with it. So I've seen, you know, perfectly ordinary people turn into these extreme bridezillas and you kind of can't blame them. But in addition to that, I've also seen what I like to call a maidzilla, where the bridesmaids start to take on a little bit of this, you know, very dramatic, sassy personality too. And not only are you faced with working with a bride who's gone a little off the deep end, but also a maid of honor or a bridesmaid who's also become um, pretty difficult to work with as well. What's the craziest thing a bridezilla has ever like asked you to do or demanded of her bridal party? I have seen it all. I've seen everything from brides asking bridesmaids to lose five pounds, to grow out their hair five inches. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. seen brides 
write emails to every female guest at the wedding saying that your dress has to be above your knee. You cannot wear a long dress to my wedding. I have had a bride personally ask me to run around a specific town looking for a certain brand of tampon for her wedding. And if you could not find that exact brand style of tampon, she would not take anything else. So I've seen a lot of very crazy, you know, requests. But I have to tell you, I, I can't blame them. I just think it's you're, you're put in this atmosphere that just makes you go wild, and it's so unfortunate. I don't, I don't know. I sort of can blame. I'm not blame is maybe the wrong, wrong word, but I can. I don't know if I would to, like. I'm thinking of my best friend who's getting married this summer, and if she made me run around looking for a tampon or told me that I had to lose <laughs> five pounds, I might have to like. I might be really pissed. Oh, I just yeah. don't think that. And I think that there's probably a bigger issue of, like, the wedding industry has gotten pretty unbelievable. Sure. But I think I'm a little bit more with Michelle on this one that, like, if your wedding is going to stress you out so much to the point where you feel like you need to transform into, like, some crazy tampon lady, then, <laughs> then like, what are you getting? Then, like, go to City Hall yeah. and just, like take your best friends and like go to city hall and lose the wedding because it just doesn't seem worth it to me and that's why i think as a bridesmaid and as a good friend of the bride you need to pull her back in and that's when you need to say no i'm not going to do this or sit her down go for coffee get your nails done have a bottle of champagne and be like let's talk about the wedding situation here because that you know i see that it's making you a little bit unhealthy and it's making me a little unhealthy too but as bridesmaids we, we just transform into these people who are scared to do that and instead we say yes to all of these wild requests because we're scared of ruining a friendship but in the end these wild requests do ruin a friendship and do make you resent the bride so it's super important as a bridesmaid to remember to be a good friend and if you see them going a little bit too crazy on becoming a bridezilla to have that conversation with them and and, and bring them back down to reality do you have anything michelle that a bridesmaid has asked you to or a bride has asked you to do that's like a little bit crazy I can't think of a specific thing right now, but I I am thinking about what you guys were talking about, um, the bridesmaidzilla. And I'm remembering um, a particular wedding where I didn't act very well towards another woman that was in the bridal party. (laughs) And the, the problem was it was a very, very best friend, close friend. And she had two very close friends. One she made the maid of honor and one she made the, what was it? Matron. Matron. Oh, matron. Yes, matron. Mm -hmm. So one's married and one's not. I was the not. So then when we're both kind of the 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 most high in the group to kind of plan everything, Mm. it's inevitable that especially if it's sort of like, you know, two very type A women, we butted heads. And I know that looking back on it now, a lot of it was my fault, being too sensitive, wanting to be more in control of the planning having a hard time planning it with her. And I sent uh, a terrible email to her at one point that I should not have sent. And it was really about me wanting to, like I said, be in control and have her kind of back off of the planning. And it was really immature. And I'm remembering that now that, yeah, it also can bring out the worst in the women that are in the bridal party as well, kind of wanting to be that closest friend or the most important or to control the planning, really. It's like when you were a, a toddler and it really mattered or like a kid, you know, a young kid and it really mattered like who sat next to the birthday girl at the birthday party. And it was like super important. Whoever got that seat was clearly was basically almost as important as the birthday girl or birthday boy. That's what that reminds me of. It totally was. And I'm just looking at it now, like how it would be so different if the wedding was today. But yeah, I definitely that that was my bad behavior moment. So, Michelle, looking back 
on all of your your years of being a bridesmaid, what did you do to kind of keep perspective and like keep your stress levels low? As we said, it costs a lot. You are dealing with a lot of, you know, clashing personalities maybe in the bridal party. Like what did you do to kind of keep perspective and not let the whole process drive you, except for that one time, drive you crazy? <laughs> Mostly just to try to have fun with it. I mean, you don't really have to try. Weddings in general are very fun. And to remember what a blessing it is that the person is asking you to be a part of that super special day in their life, you know, it always felt really cool. Like, wow, they feel that close to me that they want me to be here and be a part of this whole process. And that's a really beautiful thing. So to just try my best when I became frustrated to let it go and enjoy uh, being a part of it. Is there anything you ever did to like go the extra mile or help the bride out the weekend of that you think she just really, really appreciated that was totally beyond the call of duty, like a special gift that was your go-to to make her feel special or just something you did to help the bride de-stress that kind of made you bridesmaid of the year? I don't know if I did anything that made me bridesmaid of the year, but I do remember <laughs> no, getting my Jen over here is like bridesmaid of the year. <laughs> yeah, she probably have good stories. Just in general, being for the, there for them and checking in with them. And I remember getting our toes done, me and my best friend, Jessica, when she got married and and just kind of having a moment of reflecting on the whole thing and getting our pedicure before before the wedding and, and being very relaxed. And that was just like a cool moment for us to just stop for a minute and be together. And then I remember right before we all walked down the aisle and we're ready in our really pretty clothes, we just turned on some music and we just started dancing in the room. And it was so wonderful because she was so joyful and so excited about her decision to marry her husband, Matt. And that was like a cool thing. Just the togetherness of it um, and the time together, I think, is what I value the most in those experiences. And something spontaneous, like that wasn't on the schedule, that wasn't part of her weekend plan, but that made it a little more organic and, and yeah. truthful to who you guys are as friends. Mm-hmm. And Jen, what about you professionally? Is there anything that bridesmaids can do like the weekend of that not costs a lot of money, but just like something special? Sure. You know, I always say the worst thing that you can do is ask the bride what she needs help with. You know, when someone's in a very emotional state, the worst thing you can do is say, oh, I'm here to help. Let me know what I can do. They're never going to be able to let you know what you can do. Try to read her and see what she could use to make things a little bit more comfortable for her. Um, and if she is your good friend, you know, I think playing fun music and just letting loose and dancing is such a great idea. But just try to be there for her. Come a little bit early. Come with, you know, flowers in hand or a muffin in hand, you know, something to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. But just try to be a little bit of a psychic and, and predict what she can use rather than ask. Because when you're in that stressful environment, you don't want to be asked what you need. You just want someone to be there for you. Totally. And I think that before we before we end, we have to talk a little bit more. I want to just let our listeners have a couple of key things that they know they can do to keep the budget down, keep themselves sane, and just go into like their first wedding, their second wedding, their third wedding, knowing it won't totally blow their budget. So Jen, one thing you mentioned earlier was selling your your bridesmaid dress afterwards. So where can you sell it? There are some places online where you can upload a picture of your dress and they will sell it for you. Um, you can bring it to a consignment shop and sell it there. Um, but also, you know, if you want to make some money off of it, you can try to sell it to your friends. You know, post a picture of it on Facebook. They could share that around. Chances are there's some other bridesmaid out there who needs that exact dress. There's very few bridesmaid companies, uh, dress companies out there. Um, most brides choose the same companies and very similar styles. So there's a good chance that you could make back 
up to 50% of the cost of the dress. And I think that's a great way to save some money and get some money back in return. And what about when it comes to like booking travel and like, you know, you have to book for the bachelorette party and for the actual wedding? What are your your secrets there? Try to book your travel and accommodations as soon as possible. Don't wait for the last minute. Try to stay with people. So if you're going to the wedding and you're going solo, try to bunk with someone for the night. You will save a lot of money doing that. Okay, so I... So my the wedding I'm in is at ho- where I'm from at home in Cleveland. So it's totally fine for me to just stay at home. I don't have to oh, stay. Yeah. With I mean, the, par- the, with the bridal party. I have stayed at home for weddings in Florida so often. Great. I've even had my dad pick me up from weddings to save costs of you know getting a taxi home. And I think that all of that is a great way to keep on a budget. But you know, if you if you are going out of state for a wedding and you are going by yourself, find another person who's going solo and stay with them for the night, or even crash with another couple and stay on the couch for the night. I mean, you will save a couple hundred. dollars that way. Mm-hmm. And lastly, the gift. So there are a lot of gifts. Do you have to get one for the shower, for the bachelorette party, for the, you know, what do you have to actually get gifts for? And maybe are there some creative, thoughtful gifts that don't cost millions of dollars? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, gifts can totally drive up your budget. I always say for the engagement gift, give something personal and fun. Don't spend too much money on it. Something to say congratulations to you. For the bridal shower, you know, you can get something off of the registry. I would spend between $75 and under for that. And if you cannot afford something off of the registry, make her something. And then for the wedding, of course, you know, that's when you would typically give money, but you don't have to to give a lot of money. There are no set rules on an amount that you have to give. Give what you can afford. Don't compare and contrast with other people going to the wedding. And Michelle, I know that you said that you've, you know, have been good with all the weddings you've been in, but have you found of any found any like cost cutting measures that have helped you kind of be a bridesmaid 11 times? <laughs> Well, I like that idea about gifts and making gifts. There's so many gifts that you can uh, put together with pictures, like a really cool picture book maybe of their relationship. You could even like get writing from both of them and put a photo book together with pictures and writing, like something very personal. I mean, granted how big the book is, it could get expensive, but also, yeah, making things and just getting creative with gifts, I think could really save a lot of money. Have you ever given, like, what's the most creative gift you've given to a bride? Just putting together uh, one of those photo books. Oh, you've done that and before? Yeah. I'm sure they loved so it. It's so personal and beautiful. And it's, and it, inevitably, at, you know, for instance, at the shower, they're going to get a lot of cute lingerie and outfits to go to bed, and um, which is great and fun, but they get so many of them. It's also nice to just kind of do something different, but you can also do the picture thing for the wedding and, I think that there's also a lot of these kind of gifts where the couple can set up like a trip, maybe their honeymoon, then there's different activities that they can do on the honeymoon if the couple ends up doing this, and then you can buy them or pay for part of their scuba diving trip. So those are really cool too. That's great. And Michelle, from your 11 times of being a bridesmaid, if you had one piece of advice for young bridesmaids who are just about to get hit with the with the engagement circuit, what would it be? Again, be really grateful that they asked you and you get to be a part of that fun experience and also ask what it will entail. What are their expectations of you as far as the whole big picture? Does the bride want to do a bachelorette party in Alaska or Alaska? Yeah. That's a bad example. It wouldn't be in be Alaska, <laughs> but you know, Vegas or Hawaii, maybe it's Hawaii, like get the scope from them kind of in the beginning so that you can gauge cost and hopefully the bride is 
respectful of that and an open line of communication, I guess, is what I'm saying so that there isn't any big surprises and you don't just say yes and not know what you're getting into. And what about you, Jen? As a professional bridesmaid, what would be your number one piece of advice that you've you've learned from dealing with, like you said, 40 brides in the last year? I would say for bridesmaids to create a budget right away and even share that budget with the other bridesmaids. You know, no one ever teaches you how to be a bridesmaid. So when you're doing it for the first time, you really don't know what to do, where to start, and what you can say yes and no to. So if you are a bridesmaid who's done it before, share your budget with everybody else, offer advice to the other bridesmaids, and just try to stay involved. Therefore, you know what's being planned, and you can give your two cents in if it's too expensive or not realistic. And trust me, the other bridesmaids will be so thrilled that you were the one that spoke up. Uh, they'll love you forever because you'll save them a couple hundred dollars. I can totally see that. Well, thank you so much again. We have Jen Glantz here. She is the co-founder of Bridesmaids for Hire. And then on Skype, we have Michelle Kennedy. She's been the bridesmaid 11 times, but she's also a writer and adjunct professor in San Francisco. And you can find her writing at mkennedywriter.com. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at samzabel and I'll add them to my list. I'd like to thank our editor, Tim Einenkel, and our engineer, Kristen Meinzer. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and review in iTunes. And don't forget to grab a copy of the book that has all the answers, The Real Simple Guide to Real Life, which you can get wherever books are sold. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time. 